What were Jesus's last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast is all about helping you respond yes to the final and greatest invitation of Jesus, the adventure you were made for. Together, let's explore what the worlds of business, education, organizational leadership, popes, saints, scripture, and the church herself say about fulfilling the Great Commission. Have you ever had a ministry event where you were expecting a fantastic turnout, and then, lo and behold, just a couple folks, or maybe even nobody, showed up? Has that ever happened to you, Dan? Yes, it has. It's uh, both embarrassing, frustrating, and demoralizing. (laughs) Well, share the story, Dan. What's like the one that comes to mind the most? So I, when I was working at at one of the Catholic high schools, uh, we tried to do a a movie night. So it wasn't purely ministry, but it was similar to kind of like a youth night. And we thought, oh, we're going to watch a Christmas movie um, one evening. And we, we did it. Uh, like a Thursday evening, it was in December or January. So the weather was fun. And we thought, okay, we're going to watch, like, we'll watch some classic Christmas movie. We'll have hot chocolate and that kind of thing. Um, But we didn't listen to a group of kids who said, no, there's no, like, we're just not going to go because we live too far from school and there's nothing else going on there that night. So we're not going to go. Of a school with 500 plus students, three students showed up. (laughs) It was horrible. (laughs) Oh, don't you love those opportunities for humility? Well, what comes to mind for me is, you know, I was helping lead a young adult ministry at a parish and I was like, all right, we need a rebrand. Okay. And that's my undergrad marketing. I was like, we're going to relaunch, new name, new topics. Here we go. First night, one guy walks in. And I had, I had prepared, you know, chips and dip. You know, I brought sodas. I made it like real nice, a PowerPoint, I was music playing. It's just me and him. You know, but, you know, we do have to be faithful to who God brings to us. You know, we shouldn't be always discouraged by numbers. I mean, whoever comes, you serve, right? Well, that, right, yeah. that guy did end up becoming a very good friend of mine, actually ended up leading the youth ministry at that parish later on. So really cool. You know, it was one, but it was a big catch, you know, and I'm really grateful for that. So we have to serve who God gives us. But at the same time, um, you know, I think a key reason a lot of turnout doesn't turnout doesn't really work out the way we hope uh, quite often in the church is because we're just not doing a good enough job marketing our events. Okay, we live in a consumer culture, right? People are used to being marketed to. And I'm not saying we got to sell ourselves out as the church, but we have to tap into that and understand that we have to market what we're doing well, because if you get the right uh, message in front of the right person at the right time, you can get them to your event. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Dan, is how to market well. Any of that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. It resonates in the sense that I'm not good enough at it and I want to get better at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all trying to get better at it. And, you know, I feel like I've learned a thing or two. Believe me, I still have, I'm learning all the time about this. Um, because the world of marketing is changing all the time too. And our demographics are changing and they're getting more and more niche what people are looking for. But we're going to walk through three uh, steps today that uh, hold pretty true from the business world. And I think also apply to ministry and how to market well. So the first thing about marketing is the very first thing is you have to know who are you trying to reach? Okay. And you can't just name them. You got to know them. Okay. So, uh, some ministry might say, oh, we're going after men. Okay, what men? Where do they live? What do they do for fun? How old are they? The more you can understand your target audience, the better you're going to be able to design the right experience for them to help them grow in their faith or get them to that event. And then um, the better you're going to be at attracting them to that event. So 
the, one of the, the first thing that comes to mind to, to get a better understanding of who these people are and how we can connect with them is to gather information. So do some kind of survey, whether that's at our parishes or online. Um, what would you say to, to people who think like that's too intrusive or it's, you know, it's too much work or I don't want to do that or, you know, it, like any of the reasons they might say they don't want to collect that information to get to know their audience a little better? There is nothing wrong with collecting that information. Hold on, Danny, think of the reference. What does our Lord say about um, if they build? Maybe this doesn't apply that well. So I, I think, Justin, the one you're thinking of is um, which of you wishing to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost to see if he has the resources to complete it? Otherwise, if he lays the foundation and is unable to finish the work, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. That's Luke chapter 14. Amen. I mean, I think this is part of laying the plan for what you're trying to build, which is a successful ministry that's reaching people. So, you know, if I was starting a ministry somewhere, the first thing I would do is try to gather some demographic data about the area, maybe get a little bit of the parish information from the parish office as much as they'll share with me of, you know, average size household, um, men of the parish, you know, uh, income levels, how old are they, you know, without being too intrusive. I'd want to know as much as I can, but then also it's really easy to launch surveys nowadays. There's lots of free platforms and just put it out there. And, and you know, a rule of thumb from the data analytics world is that if you have a sample size of 30, you've got a pretty good pulse of the group you're going after. So try to get as many responses as you can, maybe at least 30 through online or printed surveys and ask questions about them. You know, what would they be looking for in a ministry? Um, what's keeping them from church? Why do they come to church if they do come to church? Things like that. There's some easy ways to get information. And I'm thinking, you know, if if we uh, we go back to those five strategies, the five solutions for re-engaging or, or kind of amping up our missionary evangelization efforts, um, they, these efforts don't necessarily have to just be like, okay, this is going to be a men's group. It could be like, all right, if you want to gather information on how you could connect people more to uh, some of the, the efforts to do the, the works of mercy in your parish, um, that would be a great thing to collect information on just mm -hmm. to say, okay, is there interest in this? Would I get enough people? Do people care about this? Is this the kind of thing? Is this the way they want to to exercise that interest they have? Yeah. And, you know, Dan and I, you, Dan, you and I have written a book that's going to come out in a couple months that goes a little deeper on some of these things. But one thing we talk about in that book is just also coffee chats, interviews, among other ways to get to know folks. So um, before you start an outreach to a certain group, connect with some of them have coffee with them or have lunch or a phone call even and just get to know them. Understand what are their needs and wants? What are they looking for? What are they missing in their life? What are they craving? Then you're going to be able to build that experience for them. Yeah. And uh, when you're, what came to mind just now is when you have those conversations, that's a great time to say, who else do you know that might be interested in this? And would it, you know, would you mind giving me their number or contact information with them and just say, hey, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about a men's ministry or about this other type of ministry to see uh, if it's something they would be interested in, or if not, just to give you information and say, hey, if I'll give you a cup of coffee if you if you will share a little bit about me or share a little bit about yourself with me. Absolutely. So that was step one is know your target audience, the group you're going after. Now, step two, we're going to take something from the marketing world and baptize it. We're going to use it for the church, the four P's of marketing. Okay, if anyone's taken a marketing 101 class, they've probably heard of these, the four P's. And after you hear them, it's going to change the way you look at the products you're buying probably because they're using these to sell to you product, price, place, promotion. 
So first, what's the product that you are selling? What is the experience you are providing? You have to get that right. You have to get all these things right. You got to get that right. So if you know your target group, you're going to know what kind of experience, retreat, small group they're going to be looking for that they're going to want. The second then is price. And I think we do need to think about that, especially in a uh, an economy that's trying to rebound right now and in the midst of still rebounding from COVID. Is this going to be free? Or even if you uh, think it could be free, is there sometimes a benefit to charging a nominal fee? So there's a little commitment, like five bucks or something like that. You know, so think about price, because sometimes there is a little warrant to just asking for a small donation to help cover the cost, but also so there's a little buy-in or commitment, or it might make sense for your event to do it free to build a relationship. I don't know, but you got to think about price. Okay, then third is going to be the place. Are you doing this in an area that is easy for your for the people you're trying to reach. And that includes time and place, I would say. So is Wednesday night a good idea for a movie night? Um, and also place could apply to the social realm. Can you do this online somehow? And then fourth is promotion. How are you getting the word out? We'll get out, we'll get into the fourth P a little bit more, but Dan, which of those P's kind of resonate with you the most? I would say um, the the place big time and the promotion and, and place thinking of the time, making sure it's a time with, that works for people. Um, and I, I don't know where the, if this would fall into promotion, but where that message is and thinking how we get it to people. I know there have been times when I've made a lot of effort to get a message to someone, but I didn't actually think through like, who is going to see this message where it's going to be? So here's an example. If you put an advertisement in the newspaper right now, not a lot of young people are going to see it it's because young people don't read the newspaper nearly as much as people who are a little less young and that's it's not a problem that's a it's a reality and so we deal with the reality if that was your audience if you wanted to get your message in front of that audience yeah put it in the newspaper otherwise we got to find a way and this probably means like embracing the new media learning how to do social media marketing so that you can get your message directly in front the people who want to see it i am amazed at how good marketers are at putting something six inches away from my eyes that they know i would be interested in based on my my browsing history or other things i've liked and i think i really i think this people are a little hesitant because of the, the they feel like oh i shouldn't know that much about people or all the data or whatnot i think we are losing huge opportunities by not taking advantage of that targeted social media marketing so that we can put the the precise message in the most convenient spot, which is six inches away from a reader, and all they have to do is move their finger a centimeter in order to get more information and register for our event. Yeah, and you know, I think that if you go back to step one, it makes this step of the four P's a lot easier. So going back, if you know your target market well, you should ask them too in the surveys or in your interviews or getting to know them is, what, what media do they consume? I mean, are they on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Um, do they read the bulletin? Would they be interested in getting emails? Because think about it, marketers know a lot about you because they do things called focus groups where they ask questions of the demographic they're going after, saying, mm -hmm. hey, would this work? Would this get your attention? It's no problem with us using the same tactics, using the best of from the marketing world to help us in ministry, to bring the gospel to people. There's nothing wrong with that. God gave no. us those tools. We need to use them. You know, I think if you do a good job in step one, it's going to make this step a lot easier and you'll know where to invest your time because you can't be everywhere right i mean we're, we're busy we're all busy most of us doing ministry it's in our spare time most folks listening it might be in their spare time may not be their full-time job so you want to be targeted so for example if you're going if you're trying to build a young adult group and you survey them and you know they don't read the bulletin 
don't even put anything in the bulletin. Do not waste your time, right? Um, spend your time on social media. Or maybe you find out that they don't read the bulletin, but their parents do, and they'll tell them about it. Yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> you just want to, you got to prioritize. And, uh, you know, understanding your target group well will help you prioritize how to get the word out about what you're trying to do. Yeah, 100%. Um, a, a quick little little story. There's a, a really, really cool organization called Communio, and they work to rebuild marriages throughout the country. And one of the things they do is they, they have they're very elegant at social at targeted social media ads. And so they actually did a huge sample to understand what do people look like? What's the typical person look like who is headed towards a divorce? Because they want to know those habits and behaviors so they can target those people accordingly. And I, I heard that it's something like if you got a gym membership and bought cologne within the last, you know, X period of weeks or months as a, as a man, then you are this percent more likely to get a divorce because those are behaviors that like someone who was happy in their marriage might not ordinarily do together like independently that would be that would be different um and i could be wrong on that um but that's a great way to use this information what better way than to help say you know what we want to steer you towards some resources that can help your marriage Mm -hmm. um because somebody else is going to target them in another way like i don't know about you i get ads for dating sites i'm married and I have no interest in dating sites, but I get ads for dating sites that are clearly targeting me because they're based on my location and they're based on my level of education. No, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I actually uh, know a religious sister who got some ads like that in social media because it's going to just be targeting you based on those things, right? Yeah. But I think what you just shared um, brought up a great point, Dan, that research about who we're trying to reach doesn't have to be so micro level. Mm-hmm. Just read what are the latest studies about the millennial generation? What yeah. are they looking for? Read how they're handling debt. You know, read about the current trends in pop culture. I mean, all that stuff too is really helpful too. It doesn't always have to be so micro level. So uh so far we talked about step one, know who you're know your target audience, not just be able to name them, but understand them. Step two is use these four P's. And for the third step, I want us to focus on the last. P, which is promotion. Okay, so now that you know who you want to reach, you know the right experience for them, where it's going to take place, how much it might cost them. Okay, now how do you get the word out? And I want to introduce two two terms here. One is the term, or I want to introduce two. I want to introduce two concepts here. One is the concept of positioning. This is something from the advertising world, but basically it tells us that products have occupy a certain space in our brain. So, for example. If you're looking for a pickup truck, uh, if you're in the market for a pickup truck, when you start thinking of different pickup trucks, if you're in that market, you're going to think of, all right, here's the one that's like for heavy-duty lifting. Okay, here's the one that's a little speedy and and sportier. Okay, here's the one that's like the American one that's like just solid, you know, like a rock, right? Um, That's very intentional from companies because they're trying to pit themselves against each other. So for your ministry or outreach, you've got to think, okay, This person I'm trying to reach, they have things they can choose to do with their time. I've decided it's going to be Wednesday night, this thing I'm doing. They have other things they can do with their time that Wednesday night. How am I going to position this outreach to compete with those other things? What am I going to call it? What's it going to look like? The the little advertisement I put together, little image I'm putting out on social media. Because you've got to position your activity against the other things trying to get their attention. Mm. Gotcha. So this is a lot of this is the value that they perceive in this to them. Like, how does this fit in my hierarchy of values? What am I willing to give up 
because I, I think, oh, you know what, this is more valuable than, than that other thing. Right. And so I'm willing to sacrifice whatever that other thing was going to take to get this new proposition. Absolutely. So if you know that your target group you know, maybe spends a lot of their evening nights just like watching something on TV, uh, how can you position against that? Say, hey, looking for something meaningful to do with your Wednesday night, looking for true friendship and brotherhood, come to this. So, you know, positioning's key. Then the uh, other concept I want to talk about is just consistency. You know, once you've got this whole package now of what you're putting out and what you want it to sound and look like and how you're going to brand it, You've got to stay consistent and you've got to give it enough time because I think I've seen a lot of minutes. You tell me, Dan, I think I've seen a lot of things fall short because they get it all together. And then, all right, it's a week until let's promote it. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. People, they got to clear their calendar. They got to, you know, they got to set it up ahead of time and, and say, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to go to the movies. I don't want to set up a, a day out with with my friends that day because I know I'm going to go to that conference. Yeah. So just a general rule of thumb. Oh, um. I've heard that for like a normal meeting, um, studies have shown that you need like two weeks out for like just a normal thing for people to commit to that. Um, so uh, if you have like a normal regular meeting, like a Bible study, let's say, uh, get that out there two weeks in advance, two to three weeks in advance at least, and consistent in those channels to get to your group. If you got something a little bigger, say a parish-based retreat, I would say two to three months because people have to block off a whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. If you got something really large, like a conference for the whole diocese, you need at least three to six months. What do you think about those time ranges, Dan? Is that like does that make sense? Yeah, that that sounds healthy to me. Was, and my experience would would corroborate that and say, yeah, that that's the appropriate amount of time. Any less than that, and you just I think what you run into is you don't get enough time to get your message in front of people consistently so that they remember. I mean, it's it's, it's not just that one message. Like they need probably need to see it four, five, six, seven times in order to remember it, and it has to be early enough that one early enough that you have time to do that consistency and that spacing and early enough that they haven't already booked something on their calendar for that time. That's uh, right. Speaking of, of calendars, it's probably good to check and, and make sure you're not doing something like Super Bowl Sunday. That's that's right. I've actually done that before. I scheduled the first marriage prep meeting for all these young couples to be on Super Bowl Sunday. And thankfully, through the consultation of a priest, he was like, you should probably move that if you want to start on the right foot with your target market who likes football, possibly more than the church right now. So, um, yeah, again, it's, it's common sense stuff like that. I was part of another group that was trying to reach families, and we happened to schedule a big event the last day of vacation Bible school. Those families had been at church all week. Big mistake by us. So, again, a lot of this is about positioning and competing right we our events that we're trying to do are competing with other things people already have on their calendar so you've got to position it well so they want to be there but then put it at days and times that aren't going to compete with something that's higher on their priority list like you mentioned yeah and the uh, kind of a part of this consistency that i i appreciate and i try to do is varying the message or varying the 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 type of message so still be consistent with what am i saying how am i saying it when am i saying it but going from, okay, well, right now, maybe I want your priest, I want your pastor to invite you. And then I want your DRE, somebody at your parish to invite you. And then if I have your contact information, I want to, I want to invite you as personally as I can. So for some people, that's a phone call. So uh, for some big events I've done, I have actually called up some of the leaders at parishes to say, Hey, I, I just want to invite you. I think this will be really meaningful mm -hmm. to you. I think it'll be, it will help you and your ministers. And so that's why I'm sharing this. And it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. That's not easy. Um, but I think 
there's it's a myth if we think that we can do we can hold back on the work and and hold back on effort and still have great results in in attendance you know dan i think that's a great way to close because you you brought up the point of all this stuff was wonderful we just talked about and it will work but nothing will ever beat the personal contact that call from a friend that text message from a friend do not neglect your core group because i think what can happen too is we want to reach all these people out there we forget about the three regulars we had and Mm -hmm. if they stop you're going to be as strong as your core if they stop coming uh uh-oh so never ever forget the impact of the personal touch and the personal invitation i remember when i was leading a youth ministry when attendance really started to take off is when i asked the leaders there's a group of 12 of them to then they had a responsibility to invite at least three people to that Sunday night's upcoming meeting that they knew. It had to be a personal invitation. That's when our numbers finally really started to take off. So well, let's, let's close on that. Let's make some personal invitations. So for the next event you have, try to invite, let's say, if you want 50 people, make personal invitations to low-end 10, high-end 50. And ask others to do the same. Ask your core group to do the same. 100%. Well, if you have not joined our Facebook page yet, we invite you to so that we can get to know you a little bit there, engage with you. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the show. And if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on the the podcast platform that you use, we would really appreciate it. It would help us get the message and, and spread this to more people. Absolutely. So just to wrap up the episode, how do you market your ministry well? First, Know your target market. Second, use the four P's, product, price, place, promotion. And when promoting, position yourself well, stay consistent. And let's not forget the personal touch is always the most effective. And pray a lot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Any outreach should start with prayer. So absolutely. This all exposes prayers. All righty. Well, God bless you, everyone. Thank you very much for sticking with us. If you have listened to all four episodes now, you are a rock star. <laughs>